Three, two, one. And we are live for episode three of Platform Futures. We have myself today, David Glazer. We've got my good friend, partner on this podcast, Giango. And we've got a special guest for the first time in this podcast. We have a friend that I've known for 20 years, uh, father of three, uh, head of partnerships uh, for the CFL, generally rock and roll superstar, Owen Welsh. Forgot to mention handsome. Handsome, decent, okay looking. So <laughs> well, the, the people are going to be able to see it on this podcast. They can Google. Yeah, they, they know. They Google. They know. Long time friend of the show. Yeah, yeah long time friend <laughs> of the show. Welcome, Owen. Thank you. Love the show. Love the show. We are recording today from Miami, Miami Beach, South Beach, Miami, Florida. Uh, it's my first time here. It's beautiful. We're sunburnt, as you can believe, at least yeah. myself and Owen are. And uh, it's been a blast. <laughs> it's, it's been an absolute blast. Uh, what's been your What's been your favorite uh, favorite moment in Miami? Oh, favorite moment in Miami. I really like. We, we were talking about this yesterday. The um, like doing your routine somewhere else, like trying to find the things that you do uh, that you would do I guess anywhere you do this on, on a regular Saturday you'd wake up and what what your routine would be uh, for me I love going grabbing coffees and kind of walking around yeah. and doing stuff like that and uh, and so I guess when, it, when when we landed and I think it was was it Friday or Saturday that I did that I forget I think it was Saturday, Saturday. I think that that was like a cool moment where it's like okay I'm in Miami I'm doing this there's like a lot of the trip left still and so there's just that promise of like, okay, and then we're gonna have a full day after this, gonna go out, and then just I, I love that feeling as opposed to any actual event that takes place. I mean, we saw the Heat game, and that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was that was a really cool back and forth game. The uh, the Timberwolves won, and they're usually terrible, so that was kind of uh, surprising. <laughs> so that was cool too, man. What about you? Yeah, I like the walks. I like the. I like um, just soaking in the culture. Like we went for that nice long walk um, to that outdoor mall. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We left Guy at home. I was working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Are we all? It's introspection. Um, no, it's, it's you're right. The the. Um, the ability to kind of adapt to your physical space, but still keep what makes you uniquely you. Mm-hmm. Um, this it, is me in Miami. Yeah, this is, this is what I like to do. Yeah, this is what I would do in Miami. I'd wake up, walk, grab a coffee, mm-hmm. and come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do some work. Probably. Yeah, do some work. Have a workout. Yeah, get a workout in. Be by the pool. Yeah. <laughs> That's the a key pool. difference, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Make some comment, crack some jokes. Yeah. Eat. Yeah. You know? It's all, it's all the um, it's all the in-betweens, right? It's mm-hmm. all the... Exactly. Like, you know, those the, the little things are the big things, right? Oh, man. I used to... Like, one thing that I've always said was... Uh, and I still say it. The silence between the notes makes the music, right? Mm. So the the ability to... I don't know. Like I said, cracking jokes in the middle of um, 
<laughs> in the middle of calls is something that you you can take advantage of, which makes the memory the memory. Um, but I still think it's hilarious, hilarious in both a ironic but great way. The the fact that we are now um, our first, our first, our second, sorry, um, podcast happened. Uh, over two years ago that we re- that we released speaking about the pre-pandemic oh yeah right and just this past Friday so a couple of days ago we actually started talk- or it was an, it was me- uh, memorialized that it was two years since that time right right so we a year ago we couldn't we could it was frowned upon to travel mm-hmm. uh, two years ago I especially mean, to Miami sorry from where, yeah, where, where we were, yeah, yeah, like in, in Toronto, like people would be looking at you sideways about that movie. Yeah, it, yeah. like and we could talk about this. I thought it was interesting, like the 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 public and not so public shaming of mobility, like the ability to leave situations, uh, specifically travel, to go to Miami to spend some time away mm-hmm. was frowned upon for a very long time. I think people are still scared to yeah. to post. Oh yeah, you can't post. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mo- most people aren't. Most people that I know, at least, aren't scared to get up and go as long as it meets the right, yeah. you know, restrictions. Um, but uh, I think they're afraid to tell people about it. They're like, scared of the judgment. Yeah, yeah. That, that's sure. just changing, but it has been. I mean, I, I I went through it a year ago for sure. And you have to, you, we had to ride the wave of the regulations mm-hmm. and the media, right? Yeah. And so once the regulations were, you know, there was a path forward, whether it be the passport program um, or something to that effect, you feel like you are free and you can start getting back to normal, but you don't know what's coming next, right? Yeah. Whether it's the next wave, whether it's another this, another that. Yeah, there's always something coming. I, I think I think what people, I think one of the things that I found most interesting about COVID now that we're two years in and people are kind of like we've spoken about it and like we've met some people down here and having some conversations. It's like COVID fatigue is real. Oh yeah, yeah, right. But it's like at the beginning of COVID, what people were talking about when we we're speaking about COVID fatigue now is like a return to a normalcy, and we're still hearing it. Right? Like, we want to get back to... It's like, nah, man. There's always going to be something else that's going to slightly change the way that we had things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, you... And there's always something that's going to happen. Like, the second that COVID is over, it's not like, it's like, all right, cool. Well, this has been a great week. Nothing happened in the world. Everybody was chilling. There's some kumbaya. My voice is still cracking because I'm still going to puberty. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... One one thing, I suppose, in terms of this back to normal or or getting to the next uh, or crossing the threshold into feeling like we're uh, done with COVID, that uh, that I think will persist for a while or be a stubborn factor, is this um, viewing other human beings as like threat vectors, like you're like the, uh, you know you as another another human, like you're a biological threat to me. And I think that's under the surf, that's the sort of under the, the, the an undercurrent that's kind of shaping a lot of our interactions with people that 
aren't in your social network. You know what I mean? You're walking down the street. There's a little bit of extra distance. People, you know, you can simplify it by calling it distancing or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But it's really what it's about is you as a as another human are a potential carrier of risk for me or a potential biohazard uh, for me. And I think that that plays into Owen what you just said a little while ago in terms of that. Um, dealing with that stigma about traveling, it's because also people didn't want to be judged as um, bringing undue risk into their networks. Just like, oh, great, this person, like, let's not let's not talk to them, let's not hang out with them because they're the ones. If we get COVID, it'll be from them, right? And and so that's like uh, that's another thing. I think that's that's something that. I'd say we've all collectively had to mourn a little bit is that loss of being like, there's a loss of friendliness, right? There's, there's a loss of like, I'm not happy to see this many people around. Mm. No, I'm not happy to be around this many people. Um, and I think it's a different stroke for different folks. And, yeah. and, it, and it all depends on how worried you are about your risk level and, and, and such. But I think there's a baseline. Um, yeah. The, 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 the baseline in terms of just tolerance for closeness to other humans has gone down and i wonder when that will come back up or what that will transform into all right so i got i got um i have two thoughts that'll probably morph into three let's hear uh so thought number one and jump in if you guys want thought number one is um that friendliness that is going to go back up is actually not hopefully yeah, well, so the, 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 the threat factor, actually, is what you actually said. Um, the biological threat factor. Yeah. I actually think that that is racism in another form. Interesting. Okay. Right? okay. Uh, because there's always been an othering. Mm-hmm. And there's always been a, you are not like me, therefore you carry these risk factors. Now what COVID has applied is you are, not only are you not like me visually, yeah. you are not, you, you potentially might not be like me biologically due to the fact that your genetic code might now say COVID and your behavior is bringing undue risk to my now pure system. Right. right? I've never had COVID, so... Um, but that but that applies on knock on wood. The, the, it's interesting you say that because I think that applies. Um, it's complex, right? Because you look at um, like even within families. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're from an older generation, you look at two generations under you, your grandchildren, mm-hmm. as biological threats. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so, so it's complex. It's not uh, you know. I don't know if you, I don't know if it's you know. They're sure if there are racism issues. It's not the same thing, but it's it's um. Uh, there are issues w- uh, that you may face with people. I think it's actually as I talk through this. I think it's more age related. Um, Absolutely, because your yeah, your risk level goes more, up it, for sure. So, so, so here, and that leads me to the second thing. Um, do you remember the first time you traveled uh, post COVID? Like, to me, COVID was COVID. COVID started and ended as a as a yeah. thing. Uh, the the second that they said it was a thing, right? Yeah. So then we like the the way that I the way that I've worked through this time 
uh, it's a little bit differently than most because for most it was just like boom COVID is a thing you have to quarantine and then people are like once we get out of quarantine yeah. we're going to be out of COVID for me it was boom this is COVID you, you like we're starting pandemic and it's like okay so now we got to work like there's a whole bunch of things that are going on after that right so I will say for the first my first trip um was uh in 2021 mm -hmm. end of 2021 Same. right yeah. and i know a lot i know some people that have traveled early in 2021 i know some people traveled in 2020 but my first trip in early 2021 having not really interacted with a lot of people um when i was interacting with people I was weird as like I was weird man like I, I was so sure. weird that like it's still scar like I have scars tissues from the past for being that weird because it's not even like me I gotta yeah. forget how to be a yeah. person <laughs> I was I remember being like sitting down and just looking at people and then people being like what the heck is wrong with you dude and I'm like I haven't been around this many people in literal years yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Literally, that's like, hard for sure yeah. right and then you fast forward um six seven months down the road now we're in miami right yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm hopeful because i think humans will they just uh, you know they want to interact mm -hmm. right um so i think as we can see in miami that's not an issue so right. this is a good example of i think where we will get back to in countries, uh, regions that uh, took a certain approach the last two years to mm -hmm. restricting that. Mm -hmm. But I would also, I want to throw out a question. Mm -hmm. Please. What, um, so if we say that that element of, the, uh, the, of uh, risk that mm -hmm. people of certain ages, yep. like more likely to, you're, you're noticing it in people of certain age brackets. Yep. Um, what is that um, what is that thing that we're looking for and that we need to be mindful of in every interaction with any person um, going forward to to speak to what you just said Dave right, around like you know that threat that bio threat so how do we right? what does that behavior look like like how do we how do we keep an eye out for that going forward yeah, so like the the nonverbal community. Yeah, and let me just add to it because if you look at you look at people that are let's say generally speaking, the majority of people above sixty five plus could mm -hmm. could feel that way, right? Um, but I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not saying that I'm just throwing it out there. So right? so it's like what do I expect versus what I think the solution is? I expect people to likely non use nonverbal communication to demonstrate that they're not comfortable with the situation. Um, but what I think is the solution is to actually use verbal communication and to just be like, hey, like, uh, is it okay that we just stay like three feet apart or whatever? Just, just, just a, let's lean into actually what, you know, what, what Guy was talking about, that concept of like being uncomfortable interacting. Let's, uh, let's just sit in there sit with that yes. and be like and be like just just you know the best way out is through there's that saying right yeah. but yeah okay fight through that difficulty with interacting to the point where you can now um maybe interact a bit more and, and a bit more proactively to be like hey 
I'm I'm still a little bit worried about COVID. I know it's I know it's an endemic now. I know it's not a pandemic, but I'm at a higher risk level because I've got a cardiovascular issue and X Y Z or whatever diabetes, whatever you want, yeah. whatever whatever the factors are, right? But but just being just straight up clear about about it. I think that's the solution. What I think is going to happen is you'll be you'll know that anyways, but it'll be through this nonverbal communication, and there'll be a lag. Right where you're just like okay, uh, I, I I caught that now. It's already too late <laughs> because I got close to you and, yeah. I'm, and and like let's move on. But yeah. So so I, I'm gonna jump in here. Um, I feel like this is an email chain, uh, but it's the the I don't. So I always I think about it like this. I don't know how many people read, like generally. Right, and the reason why I'm going there is because if you don't read generally and you just observe passively, mm-hmm. you 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 don't have the ability to actively listen. Okay. Right, and I don't feel, um, I don't feel that one people pre-COVID were actively even listening to themselves when they were uncomfortable. Their, their discomfort led them to fear, which we spoke about this last time. Fear, you run away from that. Most people run away from, from run towards comfort when they're really running away from discomfort. So talking about it, yeah, it's a, it's a great thing, but people have to know that themselves, mm-hmm. right? And going back to right. my, first tra- like my first time traveling, the thing that I noticed about myself is that I was comfortable with a lot more things than I thought I was except for the fact that I never knew if anybody else was, right? So I'd, I'd step into a room, and all of a sudden it looks like I'm scared, but I'm just like, okay, I'm already in this room, yeah. right? I don't want to make anyone I'm else. I'm ready for you to be scared. Yeah, yeah. and then that, like, that's the... That's a layer for sure. Yeah, and I don't know, and, like, you don't know how to talk about that. You don't know, you don't know what to do except for, like, kind of ruminate on it and then just be like, okay, well, it's... You just got to be, like, you got to be expansive, right? Mm-hmm. What you want to defend, you defend. What you want to be expansive on, you, you expand on. But, um, yeah, it's it's a curious case. I feel like you have something to... At what point do... At what point do the people that are making you or others, or, you know, similar to you, um, feel that way? At what point do those people get shamed? <laughs> No, but I'm serious. Like, think about, um, you know, play it out, right? We, we've got this crazy level of empathy that we are all, um, you know, we're all exercising on a regular basis. Are you good? Are you good? Are you comfortable? Am I? Hopefully, I'm making you comfortable. Right. Right. Um, at what point does that power, whatever that is, yeah. go away, and more people again take off the masks? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and essentially there's a feeling that that or a weight that gets placed on the other person and, and they're already feeling it like you mm-hmm. can the t- so you're talking about the tyranny of the minority it's sort of the opposite so right no because <laughs> that no, wasn't what it, I was talking about no and I'm saying it in the sense that like um people who wear masks it's interesting that we're talking about this in Miami right because no one's wearing like yeah th- there's been no like you, you, you speak to very freeing that, yeah. yeah so but when people do wear a mask, uh, and I've noticed it too, like 
if I if I walk into a spot and I don't have my mask on, and someone has their mask on, depending on what their level of comfort with me is, they'll either make me put my mask on without yeah. saying it, or they'll take their mask off. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So is that what you're talking about? Where just yeah. on a societal level? Just yeah, just on a societal level. I'm curious when that because we've ex. You have to admit, the last two years we've exercised a crazy level of empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is that good? Is that good for society? I think I think it is, right? Mm-hmm. But as it, you know, think about how that plays out in schools, right? Yep. Where you're having, we're having all these other conversations with other parents around, uh, you know, you don't want, you want to build your society or your, your restrictions uh, off of the people that are, um, you know, worse off. Right. Yep. Uh, but, the, but do you, because, because no, I'm asking you the question. No, they, yeah, that, yeah. that, that, that was, was a, a question. that was a question posed to me and I said I disagreed with it because um, uh, you want to acknowledge and and find a way to support those people mm-hmm. right whether they are, they are handicapped or they are um, feeling a certain way or have a you know you mm-hmm. want to you want to encourage that that there's a safe space right mm-hmm. always right but everyone's going to have their own challenges right mm-hmm. how do we function as a, succi- a society moving forward right yeah, the whole iron ring thing, like iron rings around. Um, I feel like that's such a loaded term because of what happened with in, in Ontario and, and, and the uh, the the um, retirement homes um, mm-hmm. spread, um, which was just a disaster. Um, but uh, but yeah, but that that concept of, of sheltering, putting a lot of resources, effort into sheltering those that require it the most, and then and but then unlocking the rest of the stuff. Um, yeah, that's or yeah, asking, it's, or it's asking interesting. It's interesting all, to consider all kids in schools to wear masks because it makes the, the an adult feel uncomfortable. Right. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wait, I, yeah. I don't subscribe to the fact that we should kids should be making uh, 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 should, should, kids should be protecting adults. That's interesting. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That, that's that's really interesting. Um, Excuse me. That, that, that raises that raises a hilarious. So on one on one track, I have this. Who's making the decisions, right? On you are. <laughs> not really. Yeah. Maybe. That's classified. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, like, who's making the decisions? Let me be more specific. Yeah. Who's making the decisions in the education system? Right, uh, I I've never dabbled into elementary school policy. I I know it's not my domain. It's not something that I even really want to venture into because there's just too much going on there. Uh, it's but the, but it's the fu- it's the future, right? Oh uh, yeah, no, I, no, I do higher education. I did higher education yeah. policy, right? Because yeah. it was just like, um, and to to your point, I actually spent a lot of time. Because I, I understood that it was a future, so I spent a lot of time tutoring during the pandemic, like yeah. just so I could understand. Like, kids don't understand change. The way, like, kids don't understand change the way that adults see change because kids see time differently than we do, yeah. right? And things move at a quicker, slower pace for them, and they just don't understand why rules are changing. Mm-hmm. Where and then adults pretend they do sometimes, and then you realize that they never really understood what the, like they were just scared so they made a rule and then that rule kind of just stuck uh, someone I know calls out the scar tissue of the past right 
Um, so it's just like, at what point uh, did like at what point do you consider whose fear matters most? Yeah, that, yeah. What's right? generally acceptable? Yeah, like, yeah. Like that, that like who? How do you define what's generally acceptable as a society? Because that's how we function, right? And that's always debated. That will always continue to be debated. It's the next big thing. So the next big thing that happens that gets the greatest am- amount of people to look at that thing. That's where everybody's attention is going to go, mm-hmm. right? Um, but isn't it interesting that the war it's, uh, that's Ukraine. happening right now in Ukraine? Yeah, changed everybody's minds real quick. At least in, uh, uh, I, I know, I know when as soon as that happened, I was like, no one that I interact with should care like care about masks anymore, because this is happening. It, we should be focused on that. It, it's interesting. It's just like, um, just when you thought human beings had transitioned to identifying biosecurity as the biggest risk to civilization. Turns out it's just old-fashioned physical security again. It turns out it's just war, the same stuff that we've always been dealing with. It's just us killing each other with uh, bigger and more violent weapons, Um, not something else, right? Because it it, it looked like it was teetering there. It's just like, is this going to... And this is kind of sad, but it's like, is this going to unify humanity maybe we had a maybe this has been a missed opportunity right where where we could have been like okay no it's actually it's not us against us it's us against some type of biohazard um other organism taking us out um and and so we need to actually shift things become a different type of um um, different have have different types of uh, things that drive economies and and, and so on and so forth, um, but but yeah no I, no I get I so I get where you're going. Um, I remember I think I think it was last year. Uh, Owen came came over, and we were talking about the differences in in movement, right? And I was just like, I, you you've heard me say this: life is a literary problem, right? We can't, as a, as a human species, we can't always understand the things that we don't see, mm-hmm. right? So to unify, so what made COVID, what made the pandemic, sorry, not COVID, what made the pandemic interesting was that it was the first time in, in, his, in post-World War II history that the world stopped without anybody shooting a gun. Yeah. Right? And I was just like, oh, this is interesting. And everybody froze, mm-hmm. right? And everybody froze in place for as long as the most powerful person that they respected, they still respected them for. Yeah. Right? So, like, in Canada, uh, people froze for years, effectively. Yeah. Right? Australia, they literally froze for years. Uh, the U.S., varying degrees of freezing. Um Anyway, so on and so forth. And that was only because they couldn't... They, they just lost their patience over something they couldn't see. Now with, with what's going on physically... Um, it's, but it's also interesting where I'm going with this because, yeah, it's good old-fashioned um, traditional warfare, mm-hmm. right? Conventional warfare. Um, but it's also... Like, I, I don't know if you read the news this morning. It's just like now they're threatening chemicals. 
Lovely. Right? So it's just Great. like, boom. <laughs> oh, it's both. No, it's both. Yeah, it's both. It's just like, <laughs> it's oh, you thought, you, you thought it was just a regular, this, this is, is a sequel, right? So, um, but then how do you react to the chemical aspect of the fact that it's still physically dangerous? Right? Yeah. And we haven't, and to your point about um, how well we could have really managed this. It's like we didn't change anything. We didn't change any anything in our infrastructures globally. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not talking about any national or subnational policies. I'm talking about water systems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one looked at that. I'm talking about uh, the way, like our supply chains. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't realize how broken they were. Or fragile. Or fragile. We didn't do anything to try to repair it. We just try to get every. Just try to rush back to get everything back to normal so quickly that now you you rush back to the way things were without actually repairing anything that was there. Inflation, mm-hmm. right? And hyper yeah. and like hyperinflation is mm-hmm. essentially because now it's just like the thing that I had that caught. I always say this: an avocado mm-hmm. used to be huge, right? Four for three dollars. Now I'm getting these tiny tangerine-looking avocados, <laughs> and they cost like four times the price. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. That's like two, the two and a half, three bucks cat. Yeah, yeah. and you're just like, them. yeah, but what is it? I like avocado. I'm still gonna buy the avocado, but like, <laughs> it's still kind of ridiculous. Or the price of milk, right? The price of bread. Mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous, right? And we don't understand that our supply chains are so. Uh, we've we've made it to the point that we've we've gone out of our way for it to be frictionless, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That as soon as you insert friction throughout the the supply chain, the whole thing's a catastrophic mess. Right? Well, I think to what you're saying too, though, I think what COVID's what COVID's done for every nation, uh, certainly all the um, uh, uh, developed, the, the, all of the developed nations, is they need to. They need to do a dipstick check on every every element that makes them function and successful, right? Mm-hmm. And including military, including yeah. education, including uh, supply chain. So that's there's this, there's a, a, a nationalism sort of movement, right? Yeah, yeah. Countries are considering like reshoring stuff for um, from. Um, yeah, from a supply chain continuity perspective or resilience perspective, right? Um, and 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 also companies are considering vertically integrating more so that they have their raw materials that they need on yeah. hand so they can do the thing. I mean, yeah. um, it's it's it is interesting to see how um, yeah, how that's all shaping up as well. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No, it's crazy though because you 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 look at it. Um, we're what twenty twenty two, NAFTA was not so our free the free trade agreement with mexico canada and the u.s uh those talks started in um 88 got Mm -hmm. ratified in 92 um and that allowed for the free movement of people things and information Mm. right and then in 2016 there was you started seeing under under president trump you started seeing a fracturing of that 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 freedom of movement of globalization. Then, the, and then first one was he got Japan to pay. Uh, yeah, well, well, talking NAFTA, but to, uh, in, in, internationally. Yeah, exactly. So you, even that, like, right? So like, uh, the the U.S. under 
Obama was just like, okay, let's have a free trade agreement with everybody so that we can counter China. And then Trump comes in, he's like, no. And then, <laughs> and then you're going to pay us to defend them. Yeah, you're going to pay us money to defend. And then the same thing that was happening with different different parts of the uh, different parts of the world. <laughs> and then you get this 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 slight regionalism, right? Because it's just like, what's the point then? Or what am I willing to sacrifice for uh, a, a bigger power to come and protect me? Um, and we, the, what the pandemic did on a meta level, no pun intended, um, was it made it, because everybody stopped, it made everything physically regional, mm-hmm. right? Like to travel internationally yeah. was frowned upon. Right. Right. But to go, like, even to go see your parents, right? To go, like, an hour drive was just like, ah, I don't know if I could go from house to house. Mm-hmm. So we became so physically regional that to go back to the way things were, there's a war, there's always a war that, like, is the transition period, right? And you, it necess- it, it's necessary for it to happen. But now we're in this region, like, we're transitioning back to regionalism from globalization. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, and- bottom line is uh, things are still up in the air yeah <laughs> speaking of up in the air we have to go have dinner yeah totally <laughs> a George Clooney movie great Indeed. movie by the way yeah let's right, I just want to say shout out to all my fans too yeah <laughs> not not love only com- fans love, not only fans love coming on the show <laughs> you're, you're hopefully i invited again yeah you're a friend of the okay. show man you're the friend of the show Absolutely. it's great thanks folks thanks for listening talk soon <laughs>